Do I need a life coach? You're listening to episode 21 with Rhiannon Bush. Welcome to the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast. We're here to discuss the ins and outs of the life coaching industry and give you tools to use to see for yourself. I'm your host, Rhiannon Bush, mother, management consultant, and a passionate, certified life coach. Well, hello, my friends. How is your day going today? We're having a quieter day today, which is really nice. Just, yeah, spending some time around the house, winding down, doing some gardening, just pottering about, uh, which is something we don't seem to do enough of. So, yeah, I'm really making the most of it. Um, Just doing some odd jobs and, yeah, just finding that time to yeah do things that fill up my cup so to speak. So it's very windy. So most of us have the sneezes and the hay fever's kicked in. Um, But it's just really nice to take some time to just enjoy the house and enjoy being at home in our space. It's lovely. I don't find being at home very relaxing very often. It's something I really, I have to work at actually, which sounds very weird to have to work at being relaxed. Um, I obviously have times at home where I do relax and I do chill out, so to speak. Um, But if I am home for a prolonged period of time, I get quite restless. Like, oh, I should be cleaning out that cupboard or I could be doing that cleaning or I should be, you know, doing that or doing this. You know what it's like in your own home. It seems like there's um, this, you know, never ending list of things that you can or should be doing. So, Yes, we are going away in two sleeps um, to the beach and I am very, very excited. But I am taking the time today just to yeah, sit back and relax and just take stock of everything that's been happening because it's been a lot. In the last few episodes, we have spoken a lot about, well, correction, I <laughs> have spoken a lot about goal achievement. So setting a goal mapping the goal and celebrating the milestones along the way as we go. Something James Clear discusses in his book, Atomic Habits, is our identity, who we are and how our habits link to who we identify as or within, you know, on a really deep level. So pair that with all the people, coaches, personal development gurus, public speakers who have said things along the lines of, And I quote, you have to say goodbye to the person you are to become the person you want to be. And in amongst all of that, you know, I I find that a little bit daunting sometimes, you know, some quite scary concepts of saying goodbye to who you are when it's all you've ever known and you're feeling quite good about who you are. So, yeah, it's just it's quite an interesting concept to me. It's something that I'm still very much exploring with a very open mind and just observing the emotions that I feel as a result of the thoughts that I have when I consider saying goodbye to who I am Um, and also addressing that kind of elephant in the room, I guess, of, well, could I actually become a person that I don't think I am right now? You know, is that possible? I was looking at my children the other day and my friend's children and An old boss of mine said to me years ago when I worked with him, I loved him, shout out to Glenn Murdoch, but he said kids are born with a program. And while I understood conceptually what he meant at the time, uh, because I didn't have kids, it 
you know, to some extent was a bit lost on me. Now I have my own children, I get it. They are born who they are. (laughs) And as a parent, I work, you know, differently actually with my children, even though they're also different ages. So I can see though that as they get older that I'm going to communicate with them and educate them um, differently and in a way that suits their personality type, their energy levels, how they like to learn because I think it's going to be very different for the two of them. What that's taught me is that while as a coach we know change is hard due to our brains liking what's familiar um, and doing whatever it can to expend as little energy as possible, which I have spoken about in previous podcasts and I will continue to speak about, our deeper level of programming also makes it difficult to adapt and to change who we are. Add then the third layer of when we expand ourselves into new things to grow, to achieve and succeed, you know, we can feel imposter syndrome like a complete fraud. So let me reassure you, you trying to live your best life to contribute, to achieve all that you can and succeed um, and become something beyond your wildest dreams is no easy feat, fate, feat. And first, I I want to acknowledge you for showing up, listening to this or whatever other podcasts you may be listening to. Because let's be honest, if you're listening to this podcast, I'd say you listen to more than just mine. And it also means you would look to other resources, whether it's, it's books, articles, blogs, you know, you just, you're a learner. You're someone that likes to expand your thinking by seeking new information, no matter where that comes from, because then you can evaluate it for yourself, right? So as somebody that's like that, seeking new things, learning new knowledge to expand your current perspective and expectations, not an easy thing. So go you, all right? I met a woman a few years ago, uh, it was actually through Glenn Murdoch, and her name was Bridget Reed. Bridget was one of those incredibly special people I've met in my life, um, very unique. And what I mean by that is I, I think it was because she's so different to me, from me, and she had so many qualities that I wish I had, um, many that I don't, and I, I don't think I ever will. You know, if you actually Google her, she <laughs> I forgot how beautiful she is, like aesthetically, like she's just – Oh my goodness, she's stunning, stunning. And she has had, when I knew her, we don't talk anymore, but when we did know each other, she has this really unique and different perspective on things. And the way that she adapted knowledge and then taught me things was really interesting, Um, very creative, but also very meaningful. I've never forgotten the things that she taught me. So massive shout out to Bridget. One of the things that Bridget taught me was about integrity or how I now define integrity. She really taught me about words and actions. We all have heard the expression, words are cheap, right? And I never really got it until Bridget told me this. You know, she would say like what people are saying is one thing and what they're doing is another. And this has had a really big impact on me because it made complete sense and it started to get me focusing on where people's words and actions were misaligned. What was the gap between what people were saying, their words and their behaviours? And the way that she explained it was just incredible. I'm not even going to try and explain it the way that she did because she had her own, yeah, very beautiful take on it. 
I always want to be someone that's considered as having integrity. I do want to be viewed externally and know internally that I have integrity. Someone who says that they're going to do something and actually does it. Someone who, if I sprout philosophies, I live by them as well. I'm not just a theory-based walking piece of Google, right? A boss I once had was very theory-based. It was all about, quotes, this framework or that model. And I couldn't see where she'd implemented any of it or tailored any of it to the work that she was doing or what she needed to achieve at all. And for me, that really lacked integrity. And, you know, the bottom, the foundation of what she was trying to tell me and try to impart on me, there was no foundation to it. There was no substance. And it's actually one thing I really rate about a lot of the teachers I had during my life coach training uh, through the life coaching college. They absolutely had integrity. They were out doing the do. They were walking the talk. They weren't talking about their clients from this perspective of not having them. You know, they had had real lived experiences and they had coached enough that when they taught, they taught from a place of this may happen, that may happen, consider all of these variables that you may witness. And then, of course, nothing can prepare you for actually coaching a client. You are always going to have things come up that you go, that wasn't in my training, I don't know how to deal with that. And then obviously the more you coach, the more skills you get, the more legs you get, the more confidence you get, and then you can face anything. Um, But at the same time, it's one of those pieces where you just go, wow, like they had real integrity. And I'm so grateful for my training Um, and choosing the life coaching college to do my training because I really felt that the trainers, every single one of them, had walked the talk. So who do you want to be? What characteristics do you see in others that you love that are important or that you would wish other people would talk about you that same way. So I was earwigging on one of my boss's conversations the other day in the office and he was on a um, MS Teams call and he said something along the lines of, yeah, yeah, she's amazing. You know, I think she's very skilled at what she does, but also underneath it all, just a really good person. And I just thought to myself, he was sitting right next to me, so he wasn't talking about me, but I just thought I would really love somebody to talk about me like that you know it was really really nice but also the thing is you'll notice as you go through life there are people that you absolutely detest and they have characteristics that you don't want you absolutely don't want to take on so it's really important to be aware of both and this is where I'm going to bring it full circle into your goal attainment because to achieve your goal you are going to need to adopt some characteristics that you are not yet exhibiting that will help you achieve that goal. There are things you're not doing right now that you will need to do to achieve it. And that's what we're talking about today. So who do you want to be? A client of mine was experiencing a lot of drama in his life, a lot of fighting, bureaucracy, arguing, and he was experiencing this both at home and at work. He was exhausted And he didn't know how to segregate himself out of it enough to interject when he was asked to. So at work, he was a boss. He owned the business. And obviously at home, father of the house, daughters. And he was often brought into the fold and into the whirlwind of these drama cycles that were going on around him. 
and he wanted to be able to put a stop to it, find a resolution and quickly move on. When asked, he said he was being, his words, passive, withdrawn and vague. Then we did an exercise where we fast forward to a time, B, where things weren't as dramatic, where he wasn't as tired or drained because of all the nonsense, his words again, going on around him. And he was able to focus on his business growth and strategy. He was able to be the best husband and father that he could be. And he wasn't getting caught up in all of this really dramatic stuff that was just energetically draining him. He also hadn't been doing things he loved. He'd stopped doing things like running. He loved to run marathons um, and exercise. He also loved to go and socialize and see his friends. And he was feeling too tired to do these things. And he needed those things for his mental and spiritual health. And had been seriously lacking and everything in his life had started to feel heavy and weighted and stagnant, which is why he came and saw me. So he'd taken a big step back because he just didn't know how to move forward. On one hand, he was looking for self-preservation, right? As a coach, I can see it from the outside. He was looking for self-preservation to save face and let the things sort themselves out and not have to get involved as he didn't like drama. On the other hand, he needed a resolution because it was having a pretty adverse effect on him and the people around them and his energy and his ability to live his life the way he wanted to wasn't going to plan. Also, as a coach, I can tell you that if you're finding similarities in environments you're moving between, whether it's home, work, sports, social, chess club, wine society, whatever it might be, if there are things showing up in all of those environments, then the common denominator isn't external to yourself, right? And I, it's a big, harsh acknowledgement, but it's something that you need to think about. So if you're finding drama at home and you're also finding drama at work and you're also finding drama in other places, then what are you doing to attract it or create it? There's got to be some level of accountability there or observation. And in that observation, you might go, well, actually, no, they're just really dramatic environments. Okay, great. Let's discuss how we can deal with that better. Okay. But you need to just have a really good look at that and be really honest with yourself because until you are, you won't be able to move through it or seek a solution. When I asked this client about the ideal scenario and how life looked if things were perfect, as in he wasn't dragged into all of this drama, I asked how he looked. And I mean looked as in how did he look? How did he see himself? I asked him to visualize himself and describe it to me in detail. And then some of the words that he used in this perfect scenario were braver, decisive, assertive. From there, we were able to put steps in place for him to begin being those things, brave, decisive, assertive. Because I can tell you right now, (laughs) when we started the sessions, he wasn't being that. He was being passive, vague, those other things I mentioned earlier. A few sessions into our time together, that coaching agreement that we had, he looked entirely different. I mean, visually, he looked different. He looked like a new man. He wasn't naturally a dominant type person. And again, I'll talk about EDISC at some point, but he wasn't naturally um, a highly energetic person that sort of imposes themselves. He was able to assert himself when he needed to be. He ran a very successful business. So you can't do that unless you have the ability to set boundaries and assert yourself at some time when you need to. Um, But he really 
got sucked into these drama cycles and then a few sessions in, obviously, he was able to cut it off before it escalated into something that affected him. So that was the real progress. If we're talking about that A to B that I mentioned or talk about a lot, where he was, was stuck, not sure how to deal with it, really wanting to hide and run away from it. And then he worked out what emotions he needed to be, how he saw himself in a better off scenario. And then we put steps in place for him to become those things. And then through the rehearsal and the actual implementation of being those things, the action that he did, the doing, he was able to get that better outcome and he was able to preserve his energy for things that he absolutely loved to do that lit him up and that enabled his life to be all he wanted it to be. Words and actions. When we're not acting in a way that we are speaking about, and you can apply this to anybody you know, when there's a misalignment between our words and our actions, it's usually with an underlying purpose. There's a reason Whether that purpose is acceptable to us or not, as the person whose words and actions misalign or as an observer of somebody else's words and actions who misalign, we do need to look at why that may be. It usually does come from a fear base. There's usually something that is unknown or some underlying reason that somebody is doing that. Or it can just be behavioural, as in there's been a behavioural pattern for a very long time and they may not even realise that they're doing it, or we, depending on who we're talking about. What I know for sure about this misalignment is that for others external to us is that it erodes trust. Even if it's just one microparticle of trust at a time, it erodes it because you can't guarantee or assume that somebody's going to do the thing that they said they were going to do. And therefore, you question whether they are honest or not. Sometimes it's a genuine mistake. Sometimes. Other times, it's a repeated behavior. And that's when it specifically will erode trust. Repeated misalignment makes for an unstable environment. I was consulting to an organization where the boss had established the way in which I was paid. I accepted the job and I was young. It was one of my first consulting gigs and he would make promises and then he would move the goalposts. Games can be played, but the rules are there to create equality and fairness, right? So it really eroded trust when I thought I understood the rules of the game and then the rules shifted. I became really good at the game and then the rules shifted. And it's like, well, how are you keeping to your word when you keep actually changing the rules of the game? Not okay. So it becomes how well you can play within the rules and the confines of the game, not how well you change the rules of the game itself to benefit yourself and to disrupt those around you. It's similar in friendship groups. You know, when you've been talking to someone you think you can trust and they say, oh, I won't tell anyone, and then they do. I mean, think back to high school or even work environments. You know, how do you feel about that person? Or if you were that person, has your behavior changed? You know, or do you care to change it? If you were that person, what was the purpose of you saying one thing and then doing another? What did it help you achieve? Often in friendship groups I've seen where that trust is broken, where someone says, oh, I won't tell anyone and they do, it's because there is this social hierarchy and people are trying to climb it and they will typically do that just to climb up that social hierarchy. Sad, 
but true. When it comes to goal setting, it's often intrinsic factors that we need to firstly identify and secondly embody to achieve the thing we want to achieve. Because if we were being who we needed to be, then we would already have the thing we wanted to have. A few years back, I did a visualization of myself at the time I had achieved a goal that I'd set. And this is why I did it with this client and it's why I do it with a lot of my clients because it was very profound for me. Looking at myself at the time I'd achieved my goal, I was able to identify so many qualities that I needed to be living that I currently wasn't. I needed to be committed, determined, resilient, focused and stubborn. I know stubborn isn't usually said in a positive light, but I believe stubborn can be incredibly resourceful when you use it properly and to help you achieve things that you want to achieve. The visualization was incredibly powerful and it helped me identify not only what I hadn't achieved, but things that I wanted to achieve and what I needed to change today, current state, point A, intrinsically in order to go after what I wanted. When you think about your goal, and I'll ask if you listened and more importantly, actually did the work that we spoke about in episode 20. When you think about the goal that you want to achieve and you look at the time you've achieved your overarching aspiration, what's changed? What's different? What do you embody? How do you hold yourself? If you take just a minute to really think about this, you'll get some really great insights and also answers as to what you need to move forward. Then we take it an extra step. If you were to ask your future self for advice, for words of wisdom, what would they tell you? Over the last five years, I've realized how much time I spend mentally in, oh, but I want to, or oh, but I want to have. And that's because it feels really good living there. It feels really good to me to dream, to plan, to conjure. The actual doing part doesn't feel nearly as good to me. Those action steps needed to be taken to actually achieve the dream is not nearly as much fun. No sorry. Or I see somebody else achieving great success and I think, oh, but I'm so much better. Insert whatever word. Coach, consultant, speaker, trainer. Whether that's true or not, they're taking the action. They're the ones actually doing the thing, not just dreaming about it. They're doing the things that they say they're going to do while I was sitting dreaming about it. So I'm really begging you to take action. (laughs) Don't just listen to these podcasts. Don't just absorb the information. Give it food for thought. And then when you find something that you go, oh, yeah, that really resonates with me. And yes, I want to achieve something new. Then actually do the work. Take the time. Do something with the information. Take action to achieve everything you want to achieve one step at a time. Do what you say you're going to do, however you need to. When you have the goal mapped out, it's clean and clear to assess where progress stops. It's easy to identify the hurdles. It's like, well, currently not able to move past this hurdle or this is the result that I wanted from this bit and it's not happening. And then you just have to keep changing your approach until you overcome it and then you can move on to the next one. Like in school, you fail a class, you repeat the class, you get a low score, but you pass. Great. 
but then you have to keep working on that skill base because you've actually moved up a module and so it's still relevant to all the work that you're piling on top of it, the lessons that come next. Progress, not perfection. While the roadmap may be clean and clear, the driver for your action is your thoughts that create your feelings. So yes, great. You may have a roadmap, beauty. But what's important is the intrinsic emotions to continue to take action. So as I was talking about, my client was stagnant, stuck, withdrawn. We mapped out a plan. But that wasn't enough to immediately cause him to change and get different results. He needed some internal resources to call upon to actually take the action he needed. He needed to know what he was doing to find resilience and to be brave and to be courageous. He needed some internal resources and to find his voice. By finding the thoughts we need to have to conjure up the emotional state we need, then we can nearly guarantee that we'll take action. I remember a sales coach, I can't remember his name, he was talking about having really great salespeople. And he said, you can have the, the best runner in the world. You can have Usain Bolt. And Usain Bolt will break records. He'll run really, really fast. But you put a lion behind him and I can guarantee he's going to run even faster. Similar thing. Once we take action, we gain momentum and then eventually we will start to see results. Think about weight loss. How long do you have to eat really, really well before you actually see either a number change on the scale or you fit back more comfortably into those genes? Okay, it takes a bit of time. But even if we don't see the results, we need to have more intrinsic resources to be able to deal with that and continue anyway regardless of what's going on. Is this all making sense? If you haven't written and mapped out your goal, please go and listen to episode 20. If you're hesitant, what thoughts or intrinsic resources do you need in order to go and listen to episode 20, set yourself a goal and map it out? What's stopping you? Why? What's really going on for you? Why are you playing small and safe? Once you've written your goal out, Project mentally into a time when you've achieved your goal. Describe yourself. Describe your emotions and thoughts. Describe how you look, the way you hold yourself. What's different? What's different compared to today? What needs to change? A to B. What does your future self tell you? How will you overcome obstacles? As I asked in episode 20, why is this goal important? What will it give you? Begin to explore the connection between what you need emotionally to achieve things you haven't yet achieved. From there, begin to find ways to be those new things and see what new outcomes you get. Have a fantastic week, my friends. Bye for now. Hey, before you go, I always find reviews really helpful when looking for new information or insights. If you found this podcast valuable, please take a minute to write a quick review about what you found most beneficial so that other people can benefit from your insights and have the listen as well. I would love that. Also, if there are any topics you want me to cover specifically about life coaching or the life coaching industry, visit rhiannonbush.com to contact me. Thanks for joining and I'll see you in the next episode of the Do I Need a Life Coach podcast.